The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlay to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, January 10th, currently 11.08 on the East Coast, here to break down the Tuesday betting card and do a brief recap of what we saw yesterday in the association. But I got my guys here with me today. First, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast. And, of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, how's it going, my man? Uh, doing pretty well. Had Georgia. No complaints. Looking forward to going through the NBA. I will be honest. I probably watched maybe 10 seconds of that game, if that. I saw the score at the end of the first quarter. I was like, okay, this game is over. I was going to say, yeah, the game was over in probably the 10 <laughs> seconds you watched. It was one of those yeah. bets that I ended up making that I wish I bet more on, like yeah. a minute into the game. But yeah. I'll take whatever I did bet on it. I Georgia minus 12 and a half, actually, before the line moved upward. Uh, is that the worst title game of all time? I mean, it's tough to say title be- game because, of course, you have the NBA that does the series. We've yeah. seen some really bad NBA final series, which have been sweeps and stuff like that. But yep. it's tough to beat a 50-point blowout in the title game. Like that's pretty- Not even be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It, uh, it was like the equivalent of, well, like Broncos Seahawks. I think yeah, that was the last thing I thought of when I was I saw the score. What was the um what was the title game with Oregon and Florida State? Didn't didn't Florida State get rolled? With that, was the semis. And that was the that was the semis because Oregon oh, ended okay. up losing with Mariota to Ohio okay. State. Okay, cool. Hmm. Yep, but also joining us, you guys heard the voice there. It's Delante Smith. Delante, you've been on fire, my man. What's going on? Hey, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay that way. Uh like Scott, <laughs> I had Georgia in the over uh last night. Um, and some player props, Brock Bowers over. Uh, but I mean, other than that, man, NBA uh, won with the um, with the Bucks last night. They came back from seventeen down um, yep. against the Knicks. Uh, what happened with Drew Holiday in that game? By the way, he was terrible for like fifty six minutes, and then he just, made every three pointer in the final two and a half. I don't know what he happened. Got, he uh, texted Steph Curry at halftime. Hey, man, what do I need to do? He got tired of uh, of Brunson. Brunson was killing them all game. Yeah, he probably just got tired of him and just was like, you know, whatever. Let me just take I'm, over. So I'm curious, since you were probably watching that game, were you watching the Knicks broadcast? Yeah, I was with uh, with, with Clyde. Clyde yeah, Clyde. Yeah, Clyde's reaction when Drew Holiday shot that first three-pointer that went in was hilarious. Yeah, Clyde is hilarious altogether. He is, he is but hilarious. Clyde's trying to be polite, but I'm not used to hearing actual broadcasters for teams like not cheer a terrible shot. <laughs> and he just goes like, oh, no. Like, as soon as Holiday <laughs> shot, he's like one for ten from the floor. And I'm like, don't you want that? And then he drilled it. Yeah. And then he made like three other ones. But Clyde yeah. was just shocked that Holiday shot that <laughs> ball the first time. And then he had a full-on heat check moment. But I don't know. I just thought that was very funny, the way yeah, Clyde that, reacted to that. Yeah, Clyde is, Clyde is hilarious. Uh, one of the better, That's one of the better broadcasts, uh, like home broadcasts, the Knicks. Is, uh, that's one thing they do get right. I can handle the voice. The suits are usually what drive yeah, me away. Yeah, but that's a separate yeah. story, you know? Yeah. 
it's the same thing as like uh Calvin Murphy has here in Houston. He doesn't he doesn't do the play by play anymore, but he's in the like the uh broadcast studio for the TV and he always has like the wildest suits um like like Clyde does. But yeah, last night I did have the Bucks as my lock. Uh because fortunately for me, they they came through in the second half. Um like uh Scott said they're behind uh, Drew Holiday down the stretch there. He had a, some clutch three point shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bucks get the victory there, 111-107. Got the handicap wrong. I thought that Drew would be able to at least contain J- uh, Jalen Brunson, but Brunson went off for 44 points last night. I believe that's a career high for him. Um, finishes with seven rebounds, but uh, the Knicks doing Knicks things as usual, get the first half lead, get the first half cover, but uh, fall apart late in the fourth quarter uh, to get the Bucks the victory, 111-107. Um other than that, last night it was. Uh, I wasn't shocked by a lot of the results. Um, I think me and Terrell pretty much nailed the handicaps. Um, had the Pelicans last night. CJ has been doing a great job filling in for Zion and Bi. But um, Scott, let me start with you. Anything that's kind of stood out to you outside of the Bucks and Knicks game last night? Did you kind of see how everything played out the way it did? Yeah, I don't really know what stood out because we talked about the Bucks game and that was the closest game on the card yesterday. Yeah. Uh, there was a four-point margin in the end. Every other game was decided by at least eight points. I did catch the final couple minutes there in that Boston and uh, Chicago game. Mm-hmm. Levine was phenomenal in the fourth quarter. He kind of struggled for the first three, but Boston was a little bit too deep. They made enough big shots. I think Grant Williams and Horf- Horford had the big three. They pretty much put the game on ice. But nothing really surprised me besides the fact that LeBron didn't play. And I know that they're trying to rest their star guy. I'm not used to seeing teams rest their best player when when they're in the middle of a five-game winning streak. Yeah, I'm not exactly accustomed to that. That's I, Of course, LeBron, you got to keep him healthy. I get it. But I think that's the only thing that surprised me. And Jokic's stat line, which was an all-time just hilarious stat line, which I'll get into in a second. But winning five straight and then benching your best player while your team actually is building momentum. And by the way, you're still below 500. It's not like your team is good. Your team has just been playing like it for the last couple of weeks. Jokic's stat line, though, is all-time stuff. And I feel like most people didn't actually notice. So he had a triple-double last night which comes as no surprise because Jokic has a triple-double basically every other game at this point. However, he had 14 points, 11 rebounds, and 16 assists. He he attempted five shots. He went five for five from the floor and had 14, 11, and 16. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. Five shots in 35 minutes? You, you think that it can't get excuse me any crazier uh, with... Um... Jokic, but then he goes out and attempts five shots, but still ends up with 14 points. And we talked about it when we went to the prop cast discussion with Luka versus Jokic. And the main thing I mentioned for Jokic's case is really the fact that it's efficiency based because he just doesn't either voluntarily or however it works. He just doesn't want to put up the volume to shoot. And I still think if Jokic attempted 30 shots in a game just once a month, he could drop 60. Yeah. But people are going to look at his numbers and say, well, Luca's averaging more points per game. Luca's doing this. Yeah, if you also look at the shot attempts and you compare that with the volume and everything, then of course Luca's going to be shooting, uh, scoring more points. He's attempting like eight more shots a game. He's like, got the ball 98% yeah. more than uh, Joker does. Pretty much. But if I told you that Luca attempted five shots in a game, 
you'd assume he got injured five minutes into the first quarter. Like, that's really the <laughs> difference here. I, I just think that Jokic has such a crazy impact on the game where he doesn't even need to shoot the ball to still dominate. We saw it against the Grizzlies a couple weeks ago on TNT. Now we saw it last night. Five for five for your best player. He pr He's probably the most selfless superstar of all time because I don't know how many superstars would be able to just go into a game and say, I'm shooting it less than 10 times, let alone six. That doesn't yeah. happen. So that's kind of what shocked me. Yeah. I didn't see much from anything. Did I tell you any takeaways from last night? Yeah, I didn't see nothing. Just um, the Bucks, man, just looking really good. They're getting Ingles back in. A couple guys made big shots. Grayson Allen made a couple big shots. Uh, I just like the way that Ingles, what Ingles brings to this team and – like as he gets healthier, he's going to be a, a big addition for them. Um, Do you think they're that, good enough? By the way, without uh, Middleton potentially coming back, do you think this team is currently good enough with Ingles emerging as a solid role player? Um, I would like to see them get a backup guard for Drew. Um, somebody that can you know knock down a, a you know a three or two. Um, Carter is good defensively, but offensively he's just not there yet. And I mean, maybe that's what they want. Maybe they just want to get the ball, you know, more shots for Giannis, more shots for Middleton, and uh, some Lopez rainbow threes. But um, I think they could use another guard uh, for that second lineup. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, we don't know what the status of Chris Middleton is going to be. Obviously, that's a big piece for them. But, um, you know, Giannis could continue doing Giannis things. Grayson Hallen had some great shots for them mm -hmm. last night as well. Uh, Joe Ingles. Had a big shooting night, like you mentioned there, Delonte. So, um, you know, he's still he's coming back from that ACL injury, right? He's he's an older guy in the association, so it takes maybe a little bit for him to get his legs back under and get back up to game speed, um, especially being with a brand new team as well, right? With the Milwaukee Bucks, so um, I think that the Bucks will go out and make some type of move. Um, you know, we've seen them do it in the past, uh, but I don't think they need a lot um, to stay competitive. As I think, if they have health on their side, I think they're going to be okay. But again, that's. Always the biggest wild card in the association um, uh, these days, I guess we can say. Uh, all right, guys, why don't we get into the schedule here for Tuesday night? Let's start off with the first game on the schedule. It's going to be the Detroit Pistons um, in Philadelphia this time. I know these two teams just matched up on Saturday uh, where the Philly uh, Philadelphia 76ers, I'm sorry, did get the victory there. James Hart dropped a triple-double in that game. But this now shifts over to Philadelphia, where this line opened up in favor of the Sixers, minus nine and a half. That number is currently sitting at minus 12 um, over on win bet. Total opened about 230. That number's actually been bet down to around 226 and a half currently. So money coming in on the under here. Uh, let me get the injury reports here for both of these teams. Uh, we do currently see Joel Embiid is officially questionable here tonight for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's sitting with a left foot soreness. So again, definitely keep an eye out for that. PJ Tucker is probable here tonight. He's dealing with a non COVID related illness for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, they have a couple key guys out here tonight. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is going to be out. Cade Cunningham. We know is out. Jalen Duran is also out here tonight. So two of your five starters are out here tonight. Marvin Bagley, the third, also out tonight. He's going to be out for a while for this team. And Isaiah Livers is also questionable here tonight with a, lot, a right shoulder sprain. Uh, Delonte, let me start with you on this game. The Philadelphia 76ers laying 12 points here against 
uh, the Detroit Pistons in Philly tonight. What are you thinking? Yeah, I I like Philly. Um, I I was assuming that um that the Sixers uh would play Embiid. Um, I mean the money coming in should you know kind of persuade you to think that also. I mean ten and a half up to to what is it 12 and a half 13 now yeah i think that's more Embiid influenced than anything uh, and matchup wise as well uh philly has been playing extremely well six and four ats the last 10 um they're 16 and seven at home uh and like you mentioned with that injury report i mean they don't have Bogdanovich, they don't have k i mean which they have been playing without k but yeah um they don't have duran who's been providing a lot of uh rebound and energy um for them i, don't, I just don't know how they compete now it's just up to Philly if they want to, you know, blow the doors off of them. But and I think Philly will. I think they're capable of doing that, um, especially with the matchup. Uh, Philly is very efficient. Um, Harden's been playing a lot better, uh, being more in a distributor role since Maxi's been coming back. I think that's probably the best thing to happen to the team is Maxi being back and Harden being able to, you know, pick his spots where he wants to score because uh, he's more effective, you know, passing the ball, setting guys up, and where he doesn't have to score, you know, twenty five and thirty a night. So uh, I would lean to um, to Philly, even if Embiid doesn't play. I still think the matchup wise is better for uh, for Philadelphia here. And um, uh, Philly, I mean, they're good on offense and defense. So I don't think that Detroit has enough problems trying to score um, on anybody. So let alone a top five, top six defense in the NBA. So uh, give me Philadelphia here, laying that big number. It, I am seeing that Joel Embiid participated in shoot around here tonight. Um, or both Joel Embiid and PJ Tucker went through shoot around Tuesday, so uh, definitely keep an eye out if he does play. I think that if he went through shoot around, he should probably be a go in this game. Yep. Yep. Um, Scott, thoughts on the side here? Philly laying twelve and a half. Uh, for me, I think I'm going to go with Philly as well. Uh, they won the last game by 12. They won the first meeting by 20. Uh, yes, Harden did have a triple-double. Uh, I was so tempted to take it, and I unfortunately did not. I believe it was plus 750. Yeah, so I took it that on there. Saturday. Yeah, I thought about it, but I ended up not doing it. But either way, Detroit in that game ended up scoring 111. Bogdanovich had 20. He's no longer there. You're just looking at the options or lack thereof that Detroit have. They really don't have many good scoring options. You had Hayes, who went for 26 points, which I don't think is going to happen again. You lost 20 points because Bogdanovich isn't playing. And Mm -hmm. Stewart had a very good game. He had 20 and 13. Mm -hmm. If Embiid's coming back, then I'm assuming Stewart's going to struggle a lot more in this type of matchup. I think I have to like Philly. I mean, the only concern is potential fourth quarter garbage time. Detroit goes on a run once Doc pulls everybody, but I think I am going to lean to Philly because Detroit right now, first place in the Wembenyama sweepstakes. So (laughs) we'll see what happens. Now, uh, first place doesn't get you anything anymore because the bottom three records have the same percentage, but they're leading the tank bowl or the tank race, if you want to call it that. I'm going to go to Philly. I just think Detroit's a terrible team. I don't know why Dwayne Casey's still the head coach, but Philly's been been playing really well lately. And Embiid might come back as extra reinforcements. Give me Philly. I think they win this game comfortably. Yeah. Before you go, uh, when I flip me add yeah. another thing, another reason why I liked uh, Philly, Scott. I know you mentioned the uh, fourth quarter thing is they're pretty deep. So I think their second and even third unit could be able to still go out, like with Shake Milton and uh, DeAnthony Melton and some of those guys, uh, Harold. I think those guys will still be able to go out there and withstand that lead if they get it up to 16 to 17. So that was a part of my handicap as well is just how deep they are and how 
banged up the Pistons are. So uh, that's another reason, to, you know, feather in the cap of why I think that uh, Philadelphia should be able to cover the number. I want to make a case for getting double-digit points in an immediate rematch, but yeah. Detroit's so bad, yeah. and they're missing Bogdanovich and Durin, who are two right. of the players I actually like on their team, but they don't have many players I actually like anymore. Uh, they're both not there, so I think I have, yeah, I, I just don't have any faith in a limited Detroit team tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. I mean, not much more for me to add. I think it's Philly here. Uh, you know, with, even with without Joel Embiid, I think they should go out and take care of business, and Again, I don't just don't think that Detroit has enough, um, you know, without Bogdanovich, uh, without Jalen Dern in the lineup. And Scott mentioned that if MB does go in this lineup, Stewart is going to have his hand, <clears throat> sorry, hands full defending um, Joel Embiid. So, you know, he could get into foul trouble here tonight as well. So this should be an easy victory for the Sixers here tonight. Um, yeah, I like him first half, full game, uh, whichever way you want to play it. Uh, any thoughts on the total here, guys? Currently sitting at 226. Uh, Delonte, I'll start with you on the total. Um, honestly, I kind of like, so I don't know how, uh, correlated this is, but I kind of like Philly over and Detroit under. I'm not sure if that, that probably works out towards the under, uh, in the long run, but I think yeah. Philadelphia has been scoring the ball extremely well. Um, especially like I said, with Maxie being back, he's got his legs back under him. He's, uh, he's shooting the ball really well. Um, he's finding those, he's finding those creases in those lanes, uh, and with, and be back, it's another screener for him to come up those pin downs and uh, get to the lane, get to the get to the rim. Um, they scored. Philly has scored uh, 120 plus in three of the last five games. And without all that offense that you and Scott just broke down, like, I mean, I don't know what like who does it for Detroit. I don't I don't know who scores. Um, Philly has a great perimeter defense, so they're going to turn Ivy over, going to speed him up faster than what he is accustomed to, even though he's extremely fast anyway. But so that's going to cause a lot of chaos, going to have a lot of turnovers, uh, a lot of fast break opportunities for Philly. So give me Philly team total over in Detroit uh, under. I'll, I'll let Scott um, go and I'll get those numbers. It all comes down to Embiid for me, I mean, not just because of the fact that it's, it's actually going to sound counterintuitive, but I think that I actually like the under a lot more with Embiid playing because it's going to kill the pace. Uh, I think that w- I've talked about this before. Philly, when Embiid's out, they play a lot faster, especially yeah. with Maxi back in the lineup. Detroit wants to play fast, too. Detroit doesn't have many quality offensive options. I mentioned before Bogdanovich not just being great in the scoring element. He also creates space. If you want to talk about Ivy cutting to the hoop and kind of creating room for some of the guards to get downhill, with him being out, I do think that's going to be a problem. Sadiq Bey had the game winner against Golden State. He's been terrible the entire season. So I do think that Detroit is going to struggle offensively. I agree with Delonte about that point. But I think I'm going to lean under because with Embiid coming back after missing a couple of games, he might be a bit rusty. And once again, I think the pace might be hurt by Embiid's return because they want to get him involved and they don't want to make Embiid run. The, I mean, they're better off when Embiid is in the half court. So I'm going to go with the under because I just think if Embiid does play, then you're looking at what should be a slower pace game than what we just saw. I'm going to wait until I find out if Embiid's playing or not, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think this is going to be more of an under game. Um, Detroit is, 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 for whatever reason, their defense, if you just look at the numbers, they are better at home. Uh, sorry, better on the road defensively rating-wise versus when they're at home. And, um, you know, Philly being at home here tonight, I think their defense is one of the best in the league um, on their home floor. So I, I, I'm t- turning towards the under here in this game as well. Um, all right. Anything else for this game, guys? 
uh, just to point out those numbers, uh, Detroit yeah. team total, uh, like, like uh, pretty much where it's widely available, like 106 and a half is the total. Is It, it is like a 107 and a half and 108 and a half, so make sure you just shop around for that. Um, and uh, Philly is 119 and a half for team total. So I like under on uh, Detroit over on Philly. Yeah, if you go back and look at their game, like Detroit hasn't scored more than what did you say the number was one oh seven? Well, I mean it's it's like one oh six and a half, it's one oh seven and a half, it's one oh eight and a half, it's all over the place. I just take a middle number one oh one oh seven. Yeah, say. they haven't scored a hundred and seven or more in any any of the last seven matchups. So I think that might be a good bet here tonight yeah. uh for the Detroit uh Pistons. I'm gonna write that one down. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. We're headed down to South Beach where the Oklahoma City Thunder are visiting the Miami Heat. Uh, Looking at the opening lines for this game, guys, the Miami Heat opened up as a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. That number's actually been bed down to minus two. Uh, Do see some minus two-and-a-halves out there as well. Total open about 224-and-a-half. That number's been bed down now to 223. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the road team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, pretty clean injury report. They continue to be without uh, Pokushevsky and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. For the Miami Heat, uh, questionable tonight are Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. Officially out tonight, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry, and... Omar Yurtseven are all out. Probable are Dwayne Dedman and Gabe Vincent. So, um, again, it's always an adventure going through the Miami Heat's uh, injury report. But uh, let's start with the side here. Scott, I'll let you lead this one off here. But um, Miami Heat are a currently two-point, see over on win bet, two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Oklahoma City Thunder here tonight. I think I'm an only in OKC. Uh, I, it's really annoying to try to handicap Miami Heat games because you just don't know what type of effort you're going to get, and you also don't know who's playing. I saw Hero get hurt. I watched it that game against the Nets. It was a final possession, non-contact injury. I thought for a second he destroyed his knee. Turns out it was an Achilles thing. It's a bit sore. I don't think he's going to play. Based on how I saw Hero react after he injured it, it didn't look good. He was on the ground for a couple minutes, and then he got up, and he was limping around. I don't think he's going to play. So that's just based on what I saw. That injury looked like it was going to cause him to miss maybe even a couple of weeks. I mean, it turns out he avoided a serious injury, but it didn't look good. I think he's not going to play in this game because of it. Miami's benching half the team again. They're one game over 500. I watched them against the Nets, I said before, and Durant got injured, and they blew a nine-point lead in the fourth quarter to a Nets team with no Kevin Durant. Like, I I don't think this Heat team is good. I've been roasting them for months, and everyone kind of kept saying, well, they'll figure it out. We're going to wait it out. We're going to see what happens. We're halfway through the year. This team's not good. Like, they they occasionally win games because of toughness and gritty effort and at a bio playing really well, but their starters constantly miss games, and offensively, they're not very good defensively, they're a pretty good overall team. Losing P.J. Tucker definitely hurt. But I think I have to lean to OKC because at least that team's healthy. They have guys. They have some chemistry. Uh, You're just throwing in a bunch of random starters for Miami every game, and it really hasn't been working. Now, Oladipo's been a lot better, so maybe he can put together a good game here. But, uh, yeah, I just – I don't really like how Miami's been playing. 
I think OKC, despite struggling a bit lately, can get the job done here because Shea and Giddy and company can really give Miami problems, I think, with some of their overall pace that they play at. I'm going to go with OKC. I just really don't like this Miami team laying points. I'm going to stay away from it in reality. Like, I don't want to bet this Heat game, but I do think that there's some value with OKC. Yeah, as you say that, Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero have been ruled out uh, okay. for tonight. So, uh, yeah, that's two two key players and one star that you are without here. Um, <clears throat> Delonte, Thunder and Heat, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, with that news, I would just uh, lean to the uh, to OKC. I mean, it, like you said, like both of you guys um, brought up, like Miami is just it's so hard to just handicap and them along with the Clippers, just like you never know what's what's going on. Um, Miami did win the last matchup, one uh, one ten to one hundred eight um, in December. They were two and a half point row favorites. Uh, Jimmy didn't play, but Hero did. Uh, and still, OKC had a lot of success. Um, all five of their starters had 12-plus points. Uh, SGA had 27. Um, OKC has won two straight. Um, they are on a five-game road losing streak, however. Uh, but I think they've been playing better. I think they're getting better with those young guys are starting to build a rapport. I love how um, Jalen Williams is playing the St. Mary's Jalen Williams, um, mm-hmm. not the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how he's playing. I like how he's having a ball uh, in his hand and being able to create when SGA and Giddy are like not on the floor, or if they want to get SGA, you know, rolling off some of those pin downs and coming off uh, staggered screens or whatever the case may be. Um, I think he's a great creator. So I'll be looking at some of his assist stuff, um, depending on how it's always tricky with OKC because they have so many guys that they play. It's kind of hard to, you know, figure out, okay, who's going to play when, uh, who's going to play with who. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, as far as the game, with Bam, no Bam, no Hero, I'm guessing Jimmy's going to go. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would just lean to OKC. I don't, I, nothing strong. Um, <clears throat> if they can control the pace, uh, they should be able to to win the game. I mean, it's it, it'll probably fall down to maybe like one, one and a half. Um, so if you could find a cheap OKC plus price on the money line, I'll just go ahead and take that. Uh they're seventh in pace, OKC, and we all know Miami wants to slow it down to 28th in pace. So as long as OKC can get up and down, uh, I think they got a good shot to win the game outright. But I, I won't be playing it. I'll, I'll, I'll be watching. Yeah, Miami just not very good against the spread at home this season. They're 6-13-1 against the spread, 4-12-1 as home favorites here tonight. Or Sorry, for the season. Um, and right now, as it stands, they are a two-point favorite against the Miami Heat right now. Sorry, against the OKC Thunder. Uh, tonight, but yeah, I, I'm with OKC here as well. And again, that was a game that they matched up in the uh, OKC where Tyler Hero had to really go nuclear for mm-hmm. them to win that game. I think he had that game winner with about a couple seconds left there. Yep. Um, they got the two point victory there, but now they're without Tyler Hero. Jimmy Butler should be back here tonight. I would probably be intrigued by a double double price or a triple double price for Jimmy Butler here tonight because he's pretty much the only guy that's out there mm-hmm. as far as uh, rebounding the basketball and the offense. Um, I know. Scott mentioned Oladipo. He's been looking pretty good as well. But I think the ball <clears throat> and the minutes will be played by Jimmy Butler here tonight. So I think those are two props that do intrigue me. Uh, thoughts on the total here, guys? Uh, currently sitting at 200 and 223 here, Scott. I have no idea. Like I wanted to be <laughs> over with the Thunder, but the Heat plays so slow. Like Something's got to give in this game. I have no idea. Uh, you can make a case either way. Yeah. Uh, just because they have conflicting styles. And, you know, Miami yeah. really doesn't want to run because the team's older. 
I guess I'm going to lean under because of it, but I don't have any strong opinions about it. I'll lean under, but once again, I'm, I'm, I really can't touch Miami games. I, yeah. I just I don't know what to expect from this team day in, day out, besides some questionable offensive minutes. So I'm going to lean under. Yeah, nothing for me on the total either. Delonte, you have anything? Yeah, I don't have anything either. But if, uh, you know, if some of the viewers, if they like, I think it's correlated. If you like either side, if you like the Thunder, you got to go over thinking that they'll control the pace yeah. and score some points. If you like Miami, you, you, want, you know they're going to slow it down, play a slower pace. Uh, four of the last five have went under. Um, they're still seventh in defensive rating with all those mixed lineups. Um, so if you like the heat, you, you want to go under, uh, you know, if somebody want to throw it together, uh, correlated parlay. I think both of those uh, got a big chance of hitting depending on which side you like. But other than that, I, I don't I don't have a feel for it. I would play the I would play the first quarter under both teams. You're going to get off to even though it's I mean, even though it's, even though OKC um, likes to run first quarter, they're a little bit more stagnant. And I think Detroit, I mean, Detroit, I think Miami's uh, defense can be able to stifle them coming out early. So if they're going to get off to, you know, more pace and dictating the game, it's going to be later on in the game. So I think that some of those uh, first quarter numbers are intriguing um, for the under as well. All right. Uh, Before we get over to the next game of the night, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor. That is WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And WinBet is active in a bunch of states. And there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. And if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a, receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Limited state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you're somebody who you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. At Underdog, the season never ends. <clears throat> right now, you can play their fantasy football playoff best ball, the gauntlet, with $1 million in prizes up for grabs. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. Plus, when you use promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, guys, let's get over to the next game of the night. That's going to be the Charlotte Hornets headed up to the six to take on the Toronto Raptors. This line opened up in favor of the uh, Toronto Raptors at minus seven. Uh, The number's been bet up to minus eight at some spots. Total opened up at 231. Uh, That number's been bet down to 229 currently. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, to start here with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they are without Gordon Hayward here tonight, who is doubtful with left hamstring soreness. Um, and we know about Kelly Oubre Jr. is going to miss about four to six weeks with the left hand surgery. For the Toronto Raptors, pretty clean injury report. Um, everybody is healthy except for Otto Porter Jr., who's dealing with a left foot injury. Uh, let's start with the side here, guys. Uh, Delante, I'll let you leave this one off here. Toronto currently sitting at minus seven and a half against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, my my like power rating number says to play Char- uh, to play Toronto, but my eye test and all, some of the things that I think Charlotte does well um, will combat with what Toronto does well. So I'm leaning towards taking the Hornets and the points. Uh, the Hornets are don't. Do not get it misconstrued. They are horrible 
like in all metrics, they're like bottom five in defensive and offensive metrics, um, especially shooting, uh, bottom five in defensive and offensive rating. But however, they do play well on the road. They are 13, 8, and 1 ATS on the road. Now, some of the matchups in this game I think are pretty intriguing. I think that LaMelo might struggle, which you would think if he struggles, then the Charlotte Hornets have no chance. But I think yeah. some of those other guys, P.J. Washington, uh, Terry Rozier, um, to a lesser extent, uh, those bigs could have some success um, against Toronto's smaller front line. Plumlee Say it again. Plumlee again? It might be, man. It might be. Because, I mean, you got to think, they they play with Boucher at the at the five. Sometimes they switch off and play. If they go really small with Gary Trent in the three-guard lineup, they play uh, Siakam at the five. And I think that, you know, Plumlee, he can, he can stay on the floor. I mean, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be Shaq or anybody, but he can be, he can pass out of the, out of the double. Uh, he can uh, finish at the rim. Uh, although I would like for Mark Williams to get pretty much all of his minutes, uh, whenever he's in the game, he's still more effective uh, from a defensive standpoint. But either way, I think that the Hornets are a good play here simply because of just, just styles. I think the Raptors at home, uh, I think somebody just put it in the chat. Like, you don't know what you're going to get with them. Like, I keep thinking that people were telling me that Scotty Barnes was, you know, going to be the next big thing, but he just hasn't took that leap just yet. I mean, one night he'll score, you know, 20, and then the next night he'll go, you know, three for 15. So it's kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I do think that they'll bother LaMelo defensively simply because of all the link they have on the wings with uh, Siakam, Ananobi, uh, Barnes, um, but I think some of those other guys for Charlotte will be able to get uh, to get loose. So I'm leaning Charlotte here. Uh, I haven't pulled a trigger just yet, but maybe by the end of the end of the show, I'll be able to get there. Scott, what do you got for this game? I'm going to lean under uh, as my main play, uh, but for the actual side, I mean, it's pick your poison because Toronto's a team you don't want to lay <laughs> that many points with, yep. and Charlotte's a team that stinks when Hayward doesn't play. And I'm not going to overreact to the win yep. against Milwaukee. I had Milwaukee in that game. I jinxed the hell out of them, but Charlotte had a phenomenal game. And when you're in the NBA in, t- in the 2020s, it means if you get hot from three, you can beat anybody. And that's what happened with Charlotte. They didn't miss a shot. They scored 51 points in the first quarter, which was a franchise record. And Giannis scored, what, he scored <clears> nine <throat> points? Like they just called everybody off yeah. at mm-hmm. halftime. I mean, that game was definitely an anomaly, and they came right back and lost to Indiana. I think I'm going to lean Charlotte because they have been competitive lately, and I don't want to lay this many points with Toronto. But I am going to look at the under. I know it's tough to fully judge based on recent years, but 230, historically speaking, in this matchup is really just way too high of a number. Uh, to go through the recent history, uh, let me just do this quickly. Um, under, under. Over, under, under, under. So that's five and one. Six and one, seven and one, eight and one, nine and one, ten and one. So the head to head matchups are ten and one to the under on this number. I know, of course, you know, different teams, different whatever, but historically speaking, the under is probably the look at 230. That's where I'm going to lean. But for the side, I'll hold my nose and pick Charlotte. I'm kind of with Delonte here. You can make a case for either side, but I feel a lot better getting points with two teams I don't trust than laying points with two teams I don't trust. So I'll take the points. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte, like Delonte mentioned, they've been better uh, on the road than they have been at home. Uh, 12-8-2 on the road, 10-7-2 against uh, the number as road underdogs. Um, 
they're they're playing better. I mean, I think that Bucks game was an outlier, like Scott mentioned, where they were knocking everything down as far as that first quarter went. It was pretty much over at that point. But um, yeah, I mean, again, this is those games. It's like Scott, you hit the nail on the head. It's pick your poison. I'd I'd take the points here with Charlotte here as well. Um, as far as total. Like Scott mentioned, it, historically these two teams have trended towards the under, and they're not a very they're not very good three point shooting teams either this season, right? Um, Charlotte they're actually uh, second worst and the worst as far as three point percentage um, by team three point percentage. Toronto number twenty nine, Charlotte number thirty. Toronto only makes about ten point six per game, where Charlotte only makes twenty three. So um, I think that this will probably be an ugly, ugly game. Uh, I think we'll probably see a brick fest here. Uh, so mm-hmm. I agree, Scott, about the under. Talante, you have any thoughts on the total there? Yeah, I would lean under with you guys as well. Uh, four of um, the Hornets' last five have went under. Three of the last five have went under for Toronto. Uh, you you brought up the shooting, um, even ineffective uh, field goal and three point percentage. Both of these teams are bottom three. So. Not going to be a lot of makes, uh, going to be a lot of pretty much slower pace for Toronto. And Charlotte doesn't play at a, a rapid pace, but they do kind of want to get up and down with, with LaMelo running the show. I mean, that's when they're better. Um, yeah. they, they, they're horrible in the half court. They're horrible in the half court. Um, so, yeah, I would lean to the under. Uh, I would even look at a first half, first quarter under. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a lot of points at all unless, you know, Charlotte has another quarter like they did. Um, against Milwaukee, but I highly, highly doubt that. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night, probably the game of the night here tonight. <clears throat> the Cleveland Cavaliers are in Utah to take on the Jazz. Uh, return of Donovan Mitchell to Utah for the first time since the trade here. Uh, let's take a look at the opening lines here. The Cleveland Cavaliers opened up as a three-and-a-half-point road favor. That number's actually been bet down to minus two-and-a-half. Do see some minus threes out there as well. Totals at 226 and a half in this game. Um, pretty much say the course at 226. Trying to see some 227s as some of the sharper books uh, for the total. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. Uh, for the Cavs, uh, pretty clean injury report. Nobody of significance is on there. For the Utah Jazz, uh, THT is out tonight. Kelly Olenek continues to be out. And Colin Sexton is also out here tonight for the Utah Jazz. Um Again, Donovan Mitchell returning back to Utah here tonight for the first time since first time since the trade here. Delante, let me start with you on the side here. Currently seeing that the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are a three-point road favorite in Utah tonight. What are you thinking about the side? Yeah, I don't really have a strong feel for it. Um, my gut is telling me that Cleveland will um, – will win by, you know, five or six points. Um, that's like be a lot of emotion uh, for Mitchell. Uh, and I think, you know, he didn't leave on bad terms or anything like that. I think Utah still will embrace him uh, to a certain degree. Um, but I think matchup-wise that Cleveland should be able to do what they want, especially guard-wise. Guard Utah is horrible at guarding guards. Like, I'll, So if you want to – the point guard and shooting guard position, it obviously is what Donovan Mitchell and uh, Darius Garland play. So in the last five games, Utah has gave up 21 to Tyus Jones, 24 to Desmond Bain, 38 to Levine, 23 and 30 to Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., 37 to De'Aaron Fox, and 29 to Tyler Hero. So that tells me that Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are going to have a big, big night uh, in Utah, especially with all the emotions swimming around, they're going to be up for this game. Um, both teams uh, like the, 
they they like to be more efficient than they do as far as uh pace wise getting up and down. Uh, Utah will get up and down, but uh, Cleveland they want to they play with the traditional two big, so they want to be able to you know play in the half court. They're really good in the half court. Um, they have lost uh or they have um won four of the last five, two and three ATS in that time. They do struggle on the road, however, six twelve and one on the road. Um, great defensive team, second in defensive rating. They defend, uh, they score well at the rim with those two bigs, uh, fifth in rim percentage. Uh, and Utah, they've you know lost four of the last five, um, but they are uh, they're two and three ATS. They're ten and five, ten five and one at home ATS. And we all know they thrive as an underdog. This is a short underdog role for them. Um, but I think I would lean to Cleveland and um and land a short number simply because I think those guards are gonna be too much to handle for uh Utah who doesn't believe in playing defense at all. Yeah, I mean you take a look at some of the the stats here for both of these teams, right? Uh Utah dead last as far as defending the paint. They're giving about fifty five point five points inside the paint. Uh Cleveland does a great job when you have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley out there. Um but the downfall of the Cleveland Cavaliers is that they allow um opposing teams to shoot 37% from a three point line, which ranks number 28 out of 30 teams. So we know that, you know, Utah has the shooters out there, right? With, with Lori marketing, with Malik Beasley guys, that can knock down the three point shot, Jordan Clarkson as well. So it's going to be a tale of uh, two things or two areas where both of these teams excel at. Um, so I think that it's going to be a fun game to watch. <clears throat> and both these teams like to get up a three point shot as well. They're both top five. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Utah is top uh, five as far as attempts per game, where they uh, get up about 40 per game. And as far as pace goes, uh, Utah, above average, they're averaging, they're ranked number 12 on the season. Cleveland dead last as far as pace goes here tonight. But mm-hmm. yeah, this is going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, Scott, let me get to you here on the side, uh, minus three right now for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, I know Terrell somewhere slamming the Jazz because <laughs> they're the underdogs at home, but... <laughs> I don't think I can do it. I, I think I'm going to lean Cleveland here. Uh, I know that Cleveland's not the greatest team on the road. I get all that. But these teams are just heading in opposite directions. Cleveland's been playing really good basketball. And if you go through their recent performances after smacking Phoenix twice, which at this point is basically a bye because Phoenix has fallen apart. But if you're looking at Cleveland's recent results, they've won four or five. Utah, I said it a couple weeks ago, but now I think it's officially confirmed. It was a fun ride. You know, like it was a lot of fun and nobody expected anything out of you, but you're three under now. The bottom has completely fallen out on this team. Gave it a good run, but defensively, they're so bad that they just can't get enough stops to actually win games. But the Jazz, to go through the actual numbers, are one and seven in their last eight. They are awful. And they've also lost the last two home games. They played Miami, played Sacramento, and they lost those as well. So even though they are a lot better at home, they have struggled a bit lately at home. I'm going to take Cleveland. You could argue the Mitchell game is going to provide a bit of a spark for the team emotionally. Maybe he goes nuclear. Maybe you see Markinen go nuclear and they balance out. But the main difference for me is going to be the paint. I just think Cleveland with Allen and Mobley will be able to really clog up anything that Utah wants to do at the rim. And if I'm going to dare Utah to shoot roughly 50% from three or shoot roughly 40-plus percent from three to remain competitive in this game... I'm going to take my chances. But Utah, as far as I'm concerned, has fallen off a cliff. I'll lean Cleveland, especially with this short number. 
Yeah, over the last 10 games, Utah Jazz uh, ranked number 29 as far as defensive rating at home. Uh, Cleveland on the road are over the last 10 games number. Where is Cleveland? Cleveland, Cleveland. Number 23. So I'm kind of expecting to see points here tonight. We can transition to the total here, Scott. Uh, what do you think about the total here at 220? What did I say? 226 and a half? Yeah, I have to like the over here uh, with Utah being involved. You mentioned how Cleveland doesn't guard the three well. The first game, Cleveland blew them out in the land, which isn't that surprising because Cleveland at home is still insane. But Mm -hmm. they did their part offensively. They scored 122 points. Utah did not even crack 100. Utah just could not hit a shot to save their lives, particularly from three. Uh, Let let me just pull up the numbers here because I know it was hideous with Utah from three. Uh, They shot 10 to 34. So they shot 29.4% from three, shot 38.7% from the floor. But that's also why I like Cleveland. Cleveland, yes, they shot 57-plus percent from three. I'm not expecting that to happen again. They shot north of 61% from the floor. Utah couldn't get a stop to save their lives. Uh, Cleveland really ended up having a lot of free points in the paint, and Cleveland called off the dogs once the game got out of hand early on. I'm going to go with the over as well. I see points in this game. Should be a fun one, but I think Cleveland does enough to win this game by at least three. Based on current form, once again, this number feels a little bit too short. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Do you see how many points they scored inside the paint there, Scott? Uh, That was actually close. Cleveland scored 50 in the paint. Uh, They gave up 46 to Utah. I don't have the splits with the starters and bench unit for that metric because, once again, Cleveland was up by 20 basically after – about two and a half quarters. So, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, tricky to fully find the context behind the stats in that game. But Utah, yeah. I know for a fact, can guard anybody, and Cleveland can. That's good mm-hmm. enough for me. Uh, Lance, thoughts on the total? Yeah, I would lean over. Uh, I think Cleveland will be able to get what they want. Like, I, I rattled off the guard numbers. So, I think that easily uh, Mitchell and Garland can, can put up 60 uh, combined, uh, whether you want to go 35 and 25 or 40 and 20 for whatever reason, I think they shot, uh, 15 of 20, 15 of 23 in the last matchup, uh, combined, they got what they wanted, um, efficient, um, Scott read off the numbers, um, inside. I think that they'll be able to control the glass with, uh, of course, Mobley and Allen. Uh, I am looking for, Mobley to do a good job on uh, on Laurie. So if he can do a decent job and hold him to, you know, a tough shooting night, I don't think that uh, I don't think the Jazz have enough offense elsewhere um, to be able to to cover that number. But I like the over as well. I think we should probably mention the player props in this game, uh, at least for Donovan Mitchell, Laurie Markkinen. Um, right now, seeing Donovan Mitchell at twenty eight and a half points, Laurie is at twenty five and a half. Um, Jordan Clarkson at 20 and a half. Scott, any of those uh, you have an opinion on? Well, the Mitchell one's going to be the obvious one that everyone's going to take the over. I'm assuming yeah. it'll be the either most bet prop at sports books or at least top five. So if you want yeah. to fade the public, take the under, but I'm not yeah. going to do it. I think Mitchell should have a pretty good game here because once again, Utah can't guard anybody. But for, for Utah... I probably would have to lean over with Markkinen just because the guy's an absolute savage. Like he's yeah. been playing so good, and I do think he's playing so well. And I just can't really go against him because I do think that he's that tweener that could mm-hmm. give Cleveland problems. They don't really have anybody that match up well against tweeners. Maybe a Coro. That's kind of it. But 
with the amount of pick and rolls you run in today's league, I'm not sure if it even matters who your matchup is. But I do think that you're going to end up seeing Clarkson chuck it a lot. I'm not sure if it's going to go in, but I am going to go with Markin and over. I think Markin going to try to go blow for blow here against Mitchell, and I think that they're both going to have good games. I, I'll go with the over on those two. Clarkson's tricky because the shot quality is so bad but he's so good at making the tough shots. You know what I mean? Like Clarkson's average shot difficulty, probably the highest in the league. Just being honest, every shot he takes, it looks like he's not even looking at the rim, but it goes in half the time. That's the Kobe in him, man. It really is the mom mentality, but I'm I'm, going to go with the over on Mitchell and Markkinen. I see points. I'll take the two best players to play well. Uh, Delonte, thoughts on the total? That's right. Uh, Player props. Yeah. Uh, I'm honestly, I want to, I want to play Laurie under thinking that, um, Mobley will do an incredible job on him. Mobley usually with those guys, the guys of that stature and his size, he's able to stay in front of and um and be able to to contain him. And with Allen at the back, uh, it's not gonna be, you know, easy finishes for uh Laurie. And uh if they force him to shoot a lot of threes, um I think he, I think he'll I think Mobley will do well uh on him. I'm not gonna play it. But I'm not. I haven't played it yet. But I'm leaning towards the opening gets a little higher. Uh, I like Garland over 19 and a half. I think it's 19 and a half, 20. Um, routed off the numbers about the guard play that Utah can't defend. Um, Mitchell, I would lean over. I wouldn't play it. It's kind of high. Uh, I'm not sure how emotional he'll be, or you know how well they'll try to sell out to stop Mitchell from having a good game. So I'll just lean on. Garland to go over 19 and a half. That's actually one of my better plays uh, of tonight. Garland over 19 and a half. Points. By the way, I, I see a prop in the uh, comment section. I don't mind. Uh, if I'm taking the Clarkson over two hands thrown in this game, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm on the under actually because he never <laughs> actually throws. It, it's really weird because Clarkson looks like he got his fighting stance from Popeye. And I don't know why he's got the hands up, but like he, he ducks one lower and you know, he's never going to actually throw. So, uh yeah, these dudes ain't trying to actually fight. Uh, what's, what's, I'll, I'll go uh, with the under. What's Terrell's team? Uh, that he called that he has. Uh, these dudes ain't trying, ain't to, trying fight to fight. There we go. Real, there we go. Yeah. 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 Jordan Clarkson, Hall of Famer. Uh, the, the only one that I think is actually trying to fight is Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. Uh, I think he's actually trying to fight people, but that's basically it. So I'm gonna go with the under on Clarkson hands thrown because he just tries to mean mug while he holds his hands up. That's kind of his thing, right? Yeah, that's uh, 100% true. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night, guys. It's going to be the Phoenix Suns in the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, uh, the Golden State Warriors open up as a 10.5-point favorite. That number's been bet up to minus 11.5, starting to see some minus 12s pop up as well. Total up at about 229. Uh Ticked up half a point to 229 and a half uh, for this game. Look at the injury report. Let's start here with the Phoenix Suns. They are going to be without uh, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson. Chris Paul has been ruled out for this game as well. Cam Payne is out for this game as well. And Landry Shamit, Torrey Craig, and DeAndre Ayton are all questionable here tonight. For the Golden State Warriors, Jonathan Kaminga is out. Jamichael Green is out. Andre Iguodala is probable. Um, Clay Thompson is probable here tonight as well. James Wiseman is out, but the big news for the Golden State Warriors is that Steph Curry is officially upgraded to questionable. Uh, he's been out for the past several weeks dealing with that shoulder issue, so definitely keep that in mind if, um, as we get closer to game time to see if Steph is going to be playing here tonight. Officially questionable right now as of 
around noon on the East Coast. But let's start with the side here, Scott. I'll let you lead this one off. Currently sitting at minus 11.5 in favor of the Warriors hosting this Phoenix Suns team, which is absolutely depleted. Yeah, uh, it's really going to come down to Curry for me. Uh, as of right now, I guess I'm going to lean Suns because I'm, there's no guarantee Curry actually plays in this game. Yeah, but I think he probably will. So I'm going to take the Warriors. Uh, I just think if you're going based on the upgrading and how you can read but t- between the lines on the injury status of players, if you're upgraded to questionable, it usually means you're playing in the NBA. Yeah. We just talked about it with Embiid in that matchup against Detroit. I'm going to take Golden State. I don't feel great about laying this big number because of how awful they've been defensively with Kaminga being out. They have no wings. They can't stop anybody. The thing is, the Suns don't have anybody who's worth a damn offensively for a wing, (laughs) so I don't think it matters. But the Suns are horrible. Half the team's hurt. They're really, really falling apart, and I think I have to lean Golden State. Once again, if Curry's out, maybe it's a bigger discussion. My favorite play is the under. Phoenix can't even reach 100 points at this point. Like, they can't score. Like, I I don't know why this total is so high, but I got to go with the under. I think you're going to see a rock fight from one of these two teams at least. But I will take Golden State. I'll assume Curry's going to play. Thompson's back in the lineup, but... Do you just blindly take like Warriors first quarter, Warriors yep. third quarter, yep. go back to all reliable and just expect first quarter for sure? Because if because if Steph comes on that court, all those guys are gonna get an extreme boost. It's gonna be like they they got the Space Jam water. As soon as he and comes the crowd's out, gonna go crazy. As soon as he comes out on the court, they're gonna go nuclear. So who I think somebody brought it up in the chat. Uh, big winner. Yeah, the first quarter probably the best play of uh probably the best play of the night honestly. Yeah, uh, Phoenix has lost nine of the last 10 games. And like Scott mentioned, I mean, they just don't have anybody that can put the ball inside the basket. They've scored 100 or less in four straight games, 83, 88, 96, and 98. And now you're going up against a Warriors team. Let's just say Steph even isn't out there. You still have Clay. You still have Jordan Poole. You still have, you know, Draymond Green that can run this offense. They they can still put the ball inside the basket. I'm not sure if the Phoenix Suns are going to be able to keep up with the scoring of the Golden State Warriors here tonight. And even if Steph is out there, um, I would probably look at his assist. It might take a little bit for him to kind of shake that rust off uh, for Steph Curry here tonight. But obviously, like, you know, Delonte mentioned, it is a boost when Steph Curry is out there that, hey, your squad is – they're fully healthy. Um, I know you're still missing like Kaminga and, and some of the role players, but when your core guys are out there with, you know, Wiggins has been back as well for this team as well. So this team is finally healthy. At least the starters are. So I, I think this might be a trifecta spot for the Warriors. We take them first quarter, first half and full game. But um, I, this, this Phoenix team is it's, it's, they're not very good right now, especially with all the injuries that they are dealing with here. Um, Delonte, you want to give your handicap? I know you have to get out of here soon, but you want to give your handicap here real for this uh, game real Honestly, quick? it's just uh, – it's fade Phoenix while you can. I mean, they just not cohesive right now. A lot of guys banged up. Um, I think, like, the better play would just be first quarter. I mean, it, it is – it's still a lot of points. I mean, it's still the NBA. Some of those guys are going to come in, get an opportunity playing against the defending champs. They're going to want to try to prove a point um, and show um, – show the coaching staff that they're worthy of being playing some minutes. I mean, they don't have many guys anyway. So uh, I would just lean to to the Warriors uh, full game. But I think the better play, uh, as we uh, discussed, is just the Warriors first quarter with or without Steph. But with yeah. Steph, I think it's a home run. Without him, stand-up triple. So 
Yep, I agree. Uh, all right, I'll just get out of here, my man. I know you yeah. dropped your plays, uh, yep, Lock and Dog, man. and yep. I'll mention those when we get to the uh, right, section. You guys have a good day. All right, buddy. Yep. Um, yeah, LJ making a good point as well. That's what I just mentioned with, with Curry, that if he is back here tonight, Scott, that I would probably pivot to maybe his assist here tonight. I, I feel like when Curry does come back from these, at least being two out two to three weeks, it takes him a little bit to kind of shake the rust off. Um, I don't know if, and then we've seen times where he's come off the bench as well when he's coming returning from these injuries. So definitely something to keep in mind. But do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, you always have to worry about a star player coming back and there there's going to be a bit of rust, which is also why I kind of lean to the under in the Philly game. Just not sure if Embiid's going to be rusty or if the offense is going to struggle trying to over adjust to getting in the ball instead of just letting the offense flow naturally. Uh, Aiton might not play. So, I mean, I thought about maybe taking his props. That's not an option anymore. I'm running out of players, you know, like I, I don't, I don't know who I'm supposed to take. I mean, do you blindly take bridges points? Cause he's going to attempt 25 shots. Like I, I have no idea who's going to shoot the ball. Yeah. I mean, look right now, their projected starting lineup is Landry Shamit, who's still a game time decision. Tory Craig, game time decision. Mikhail Bridges, Sarge and uh, DeAndre Aiden, who is also a game time decision. So I don't know. Give me give me Damian Lee three pointers like I, Damian I don't know. Lee revenge game. We're running out of players. I I don't know what else I'm really supposed to say at this yeah. point. Uh, no, I agree. Golden State, if they show up focused, they should win this game by north of 20. Phoenix yeah. cannot reach 100 points. They just can't do it. So give me Golden State. KW franchise pointing out minus 29 and a half for the Golden State Warriors. There was a tonight. good trend, by the way, that I forgot the exact number, mm-hmm. but I'm, I am i don't think I'm going to be able to pull it up now. Kavon Looney against the Suns in his career. I've tweeted this out. I think he's had less than eight rebounds in like 25 of 26 career meetings or something. I got to pull this up. It, it's something absurd. Uh, of course, now I'm not sure if it's going to matter because you might see Aiton missing, but I guess Biombo, maybe Biombo double-double if you want to make a case for kind of a who's going to step up approach and he might get a bunch of minutes. But I actually want to pull up this number because I did this breakdown for the prop a couple of times this year in the first two meetings. Um, okay, so in the in the last 22 meetings or 22 yeah. career meetings for Looney against Phoenix – He's had less than eight and a half rebounds in 21 of those 22 games. <laughs> 21 of 22. What's the Let me see if the number's out right now. I don't know me. if it's going to be up or not because uh, uh, they're missing so many guys. Looney's at nine and a half. Nine and a half. I mean, the over's minus 130. And once again, the matchup is a lot better in this game than in previous games against yeah. Phoenix. But once again, he's going under in 21 of 22 career head-to-head games. At, at eight and a half, just throwing that out there. Yeah, I think if Aiton's not out there, I, then you got Biombo. Yeah, and then you probably have to pivot to Biombo. But I mean, look, that's a heavy, heavy, heavy trend towards um, Looney in this game. Uh, it also might Scott, be a blowout, and Looney gets just benched for most of the second half. But once again, twenty-one to twenty-two. Yeah, it is. It is a trend that I have to mention. Yeah, let's touch on the total here: two twenty-nine and a half. Any thoughts on that? Under, you have to go under, right? Phoenix like, can't where are score. the points come? Yeah, where are the points coming from? I'm not even joking. Phoenix can't reach a hundred in like even half if, their games at this point. Like, I gotta yeah. go under. Yeah, two twenty nine and a half seems like a lot. Like you, at this point, you're praying that even if you're on the over, that Phoenix gets to a hundred and that Golden State somehow comes out and scores one hundred and thirty. But uh, yeah, definitely on the under. Uh, all right, let's get over to the 
last two games of the night. Let's start here with the Orlando Magic in Portland here tonight to take on the Trailblazers here, Scott. Uh, this number opened up in favor of the Portland Trailblazers at home. Minus seven. That number's pretty much stayed the course. Do see some minus seven and a halfs popping up for the Portland Trailblazers. Total opened up at 230. That number's been bet down to 229. Uh, still see a 230 out there at win bet. Um... Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, I know Orlando did play last night. I'll get to their back-to-back ATS and total numbers here in a second. Um, but for the Blazers, um, Yusuf Nurkic is probable. Gary Payne the second is probable. Justice Winslow is out for this game tonight, as well as Nasir Little. Gary Payne Orlando- the second's probable? Look at him. He might actually yeah. play again. Good for him. Uh, Orlando Magic, uh, the usual suspects are out. Chumo, KK, uh, Jonathan Isaac and RJ Hampton are all out here tonight for the uh, sorry for the uh, Orlando Magic. Magic played last night in Sacramento. They got blown out in that game. Uh, trying to pull up the final score here. It was one thirty six. It was ugly. Yeah, one thirty six, one eleven. They lost by twenty five points in that game. Harrison Barnes went off for thirty in that game, but. In back-to-back situations this year, Scott, the Orlando Magic against the spread are four and three. They're five and two towards the over. But I think they might have their hands full here a little tonight with Portland back at home. They're, they've lost three straight games here. But what are your thoughts about this game here, Scott? Uh, seven and a half for the Blazers. So Terrell's been a bit high on this Portland team. I've been selling for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've not been particularly good. However, uh, if you look at the recent performances, they've been particularly bad on the road. At home, they've been fine. So I mm-hmm. think you can make an argument that Portland at home should look pretty sharp against an Orlando team that is, well, bad. I mean, there's no other way around it. So I think I'm going to take Portland. I don't feel great about it, but por- most of Portland's struggles recently have been on the road, and their yeah. home road splits have been pretty jarring. Orlando is yeah. just awful. They've been really bad on the road, and they also got killed yesterday by Sacramento. I just don't think they get any stops. Uh, defensively, they're a train wreck, and I think that with Portland having Lillard, Simons, and Grant, they have too much firepower. Even Nurkic has a pretty good matchup on the inside to battle yeah. on the glass with Carter Jr. and all these other bigs that Orlando has. I'm going to take Portland. I know it seems scary that it's a big number and Portland struggled lately, but once again, most of those bad performances were on the road. I'll take him in the Moda. Yeah, 10 of their last 12 games have been on the road for the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Now, now they get to come back home here um, and, and you know, get back to their winning ways. And so they won those this, two home games in yeah, that stretch. In so. blowout fashion yeah. too, right? Um, Portland at home this season. Just had the ATS numbers in front of me here. Yeah, they're 10-5 and five against the spread. 6-4 um, and four as home favorites so far this season. And like Scott mentioned, this Orlando team has just not been very good at home. Sorry, on the road. Uh, take a look at their last 10 games on the road. As far as defensive numbers, they rank number 24 out of 30 teams. As far as defensive rating goes, a net uh, defensive rating, a net rating of minus 2.7. So this is an opportunity for the Blazers to come back home, uh, you know, make some shots. Been good. They've been good, like we mentioned, at home as far as the spread goes. Um, Orlando. They're a pretty good three-point defending team as far as percentage goes, but they do allow 13 makes per game, which ranks number 25 out of the 30 teams in the association. And they allow 
43.7 attempts per game from beyond the arc, which ranks number 29 out of 30 teams. So I would expect guys like Lillard and Simons to have some success here from behind the three-point line, as well as what you there, uh, what you mentioned there, Scott, that Nurkic uh, should have a big night on the glass as well and maybe get some easy baskets for the uh, Blazers' offense as well. So I'm with you, man. I like the Blazers here, minus 7.5, to come here and take care of business against the Orlando Magic at home. Uh, thoughts on the total here, Scott? Currently sitting at 228. Don't I have to take the over? I and mean, Orlando can't guard anybody. Yeah, I was looking at Blazers team total maybe in yeah. this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you could argue that Portland's defense should be better with Gary with Gary Payton uh, the second probably playing, but you don't know how many minutes he's going to play, so that might be like a 10-15 minute stretch there where he plays good defense. The rest of the team's not great at defending, but still, I'm on the over. I still think Orlando has some matchups that I like. Like, I'm not sure who's supposed to guard Boncaro. On mm-hmm. Portland, you could argue Grant, who's not exactly a great defensive player. He's fine, but not like amazing by any means. Yep. Uh, Wagner, who I think is still a very solid player, uh, they're healthy. So I, I think that Orlando could score some points. I know for sure they can't stop anybody. So I'll go with the over. This number seems a little bit short. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything else for this game? Any player props you want to mention? Uh, not really. Uh, does this feel like a Lillard game to you, a Simons game? You're kind of picking whatever you want anytime yeah. uh, Portland has a matchup against a bad defense because all three guys could score a bunch of points. Yeah, I'm trying to see the three-point props here tonight. So Simons at 3.5 at minus 115. Dame's at 3.5 at minus 165. But I think those are the, probably the two guys I would target here tonight um, as far as three-point shots made. Maybe a Nurkic rebounding prop here tonight. Um I think that's the kind of ways I would look. But, uh, yeah, I think we both agree that Blazers should take care of business here tonight. All right. Uh, Last game of the night. It's going to be the Dallas Mavericks in L.A. to take on the Clippers. Looking at the opening line for this game, the Clippers opened up as a three and a half point favorite. That number has been bed down to minus one. Total opened up at 220. That number is at 221 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start here with the road team, the Dallas Mavericks. Luka is officially questionable here tonight with a left ankle soreness. Um, and DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith continues to be out with a right abductor strain. Josh Green and Maxi Kleber continue to be out as well for the Dallas Mavericks. For the LA Clippers, uh, Luke Kennard has already been ruled out. He has a right calf issue. Paul George also out with the right hamstring soreness. Um, and that is pretty much it for the Clippers. So definitely, I think Luca will play here tonight. But Scott, let's start with the side here. Uh, the Clippers hosting the Dallas Mavericks, who we can say has probably owned this team. They are currently a one-point favorite. Are the Clippers hosting the Dallas Mavericks? What are you thinking about this game? Well, we're still not sure about Luca, so yeah. we're gambling no matter what on if he's going to play or not. Clippers have fallen apart. They've lost six straight. Uh, Dallas has lost one, but it was a road game. So what else is new? I really, I don't think I have any strong opinions about this game. I mean, can I have a strong opinion if I don't know if Luke is playing or not? Like, I, yeah, no, you can't, I, I don't right? know. <laughs> I, I, I know Paul George is out, but you have Kwai, uh, so we'll see how he plays. But everyone's going to blindly take Dallas because the Clippers have lost seven, I've uh, lost six straight and they're falling apart. Yet this line is pick them and. I, it feels trappy to me. 
I think based on where the line is, I'll hold my nose and pick the Clippers because at first glance, this line seems very, very sketchy. Mm -hmm. There's a no chance I bet this game, but I think I'm going to have to go with the under. Like, I don't I don't trust either team to actually score the basketball, but I think I'm going to lean under and lean Clippers. But there's no chance I'm actually going to bet this because once again, I do not know if Luka's playing and Luka means everything to this Dallas team. So this is just a pass for me. Yeah, these two teams matched up earlier this season uh, in Dallas. Dallas got the victory 103-102. That was a game where the Clippers did not have, but they did have Paul George, where he finished up with 23 points in that game. That was also a misleading uh, total, by the way. That game landed 204, but I believe they combined for 70 in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, yeah. Um, Luka did play in that game, uh, 35 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, DFS chipped in with 21, but again, he had seven, he was 7 of 13 from three-point line in that game, but he, like we mentioned, is going to be out for this game. Doesn't this uh, line seem very, very sketchy, though, for a team that's lost six straight? Yeah. This is weird. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning to the Clippers. I think that based on the line movement, I'm assuming that Luke has a decent chance of not playing. But once again, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I think the only play that I did like for this game, what you said about the under... Uh, but also probably looking at Kawhi's points prop here tonight. It is at 25 and a half, but he is starting to play a lot more minutes. Uh, last game, it was against uh, the Atlanta Hawks, where he ended up playing 38 minutes um, for the Clippers. He finished that game up with 29 points. Um, but he's pretty much the offense right now. I've, we, I mean, I watched that game. The, the ball is in his hand 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he's getting double teamed or trying to get to the mid range, knock down the jump shot, or get to the free throw line, or find an open shooter. So, um, Kawhi at 25 and a half, it is at minus 140. Definitely shop around and see if you find a better number for that. But, uh, any player props you do like for this game, Scott? I am wondering if I want to take Zubak double double. And he, historically speaking, has not been great against Dallas because they space the floor, they chuck yeah. a lot of threes, all that stuff. But you're looking at Dallas's actual front court. Do they have many big men that can shoot threes? I mean, I know that they use Christian Wood kind of in a center role, but Kleber's yeah. currently injured. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a backup center that can shoot. Do you no. think Zubak has a role in this game? Because it kind of feels like he does in some type of rock fight we're about to see again. Yeah, I think he does. Um I don't know if I like plus 140, though, based on his history against the Mavericks. That's kind of the one thing that's scaring me off. I'm not sure if the value's there. Yeah, and I'm trying to go back to that matchup earlier this season and see if Kleba and... I was going to say, because Zubak was terrible in that game. I think he had like three points and four rebounds. Like, he didn't do anything, so that's why. Yeah. Let's see here quickly. Um, So, for the Dallas Mavericks in that game... Sorry, he had seven rebounds. He had 3.7 rebounds. He played 33 yeah. minutes, though, so he did play a lot. Yeah, Christian Wood played 24 in that bank. In that game, Maxi Kleber, um, 10 minutes. Yeah, I think you can make a case for, but at plus 140, I would need That's what I'm saying. Like, I that. feel like that yeah. should be closer to the two to one range based yeah. on the fact that he only scored three points. Uh, I feel like I got to lean to Kwai. Uh, I, I don't know who yeah. else is going to really shoot the ball that much for this team. They have a lot of options, but I think that with Paul George being out, Kwai's going to have the green light of all green lights. And if we're talking about how much Luka hates the Clippers, Kawhi hates the Mavericks too because he kills this team every time they play. It's yeah. not like like 
uh, Kawhi has been quiet in his own right against the Mavericks, he's torched this team. We yeah. saw it in the playoffs last year where he went for, what, he had 50 in that playoff game, game six? Mm-hmm. Did he have 50? Mm-hmm. He had something around there. I don't think they can guard Kawhi, so I'll go with him. Uh, if you can find like an over under half a point on Bullock, I'll take the under because Bullock is one of the worst <laughs> players in the league at this point. But I just think you're going to see probably Christian Wood have a bigger role if Luka doesn't play. You'll see Kawhi have a bigger role with Paul George being out. The usual suspects, but I really don't see much. Do you maybe want to make a case for Wood double double? You could make a case there. Once yep. again, I don't know if Luka's playing or not, so I don't yeah. I don't know what to actually expect in this game. Yeah, in the playoffs, at least, uh, there's two separate occasions where he had 40-plus points. Uh, Did he have 50 in a game, or he only... No, he had 45. Sorry, okay. Uh, He had 41 in another game, and then 36, 29, 28. So, yeah, he's... I mean, he's had success, at least in the playoffs, against the Dallas Mavericks. And, yes, again, hasn't played against his team since 2021, since he's been out uh, with the injury. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep that in mind for uh Kawhi Leonard here tonight uh all right Scott before we get into our lock and dog here for tonight let me tell everybody about the contest that we are running for the NBA gambling podcast it's going to happen next Monday for the MLK day games and it's going to be another bingo contest we're doing another giveaway every person that gets a bingo on MLK day is going to get a hundred dollar SGP and gift card to the March store but how to qualify and how to get into the contest. All you have to do is subscribe to the NBA gambling podcast, YouTube page. So if you're sitting there right now, you're watching us go ahead and hit a subscribe, go do, do us a favor, hit that like button on the video as well. And then head over to the SGP and app, just hit that contest tab and get in there. You'll see the NBA gambling podcast, MLK day games, uh, contest there. It's pretty easy. Just click on it and you'll get your bingo card. And again, make sure to keep track of it next Monday on the uh, 16th, I believe is the date for the MLK day game. So, um, and again, a lot of more contests are happening. If you want to join, they're all free to enter. There's no entry fees, nothing like that. Uh, get all the links exclusively on the SGP and app. And again, make sure to get into our bingo giveaway contest for next monday for the ml nba i'm sorry gambling podcast uh uh contest over exclusively on the sgpn app all right scott let's close it out strong here my man uh let's get in into our lock and dog for the tuesday night schedule here in the association i'll let you lead it off man what's your lock and dog for tonight all right uh what exactly do I like enough? There are a lot of plays that I liked, but I didn't exactly fall in love with, if you know what I mean, uh, on the yeah. card today. So I'm trying to think of what I actually like. So let me do this. Why don't you come up with yours, and I'll give out Delante's in the meantime. Okay, that's um, fine. Yeah, let's do Delante since he had to dip out early to get to work. So for Delante's lock, he is going to lay the points here with the Portland Trailblazers, the minus seven and a half. Um Orlando, he's saying that Orlando is on a back-to-back like we talked about. Uh, Portland is in a bounce-back situation here after losing three straight. Um, They're coming back home. Uh, We talked about this, uh, Scott and I did. uh, Most of their last, what, 10 of the 12 games were on the road. The two games that they did have at home, uh, they took care of business and and won, I think, both of them by double digit, at least covered the 7.5. But Delante also saying that the Orlando guards will not be able to withstand the haymakers from Simons and Dame. Like we mentioned, they should have a successful night here tonight, uh, shooting the three point shot um, between those two guys. So for his lock, 
Uh, Delante's lock minus seven and a half for the, for the Portland Trailblazers for his dog. He's going to take Charlotte here tonight on the money line. Uh, Charlotte, he mentions in his handicap, they are better on the road. 13, eight and one against the spread. Toronto doesn't shoot the ball. Well, neither does Charlotte. Like we talked about with those three point numbers. So, um, expecting a closer game here tonight. He's going to take the points here and the money line. Uh, with the dog here with Charlotte Hornets uh, as his dog for the night. So lock for Delante, Blazers, Blazers minus seven and a half, and the dog is going to be the Charlotte Hornets money line. All right, Scott, what do you got? All right, uh, so I thought about maybe taking the under in the Suns game, but I think instead of that, I'm just going to take Cleveland minus two and a half. I wanted to do something more creative, but unfortunately I just think that even though Utah's an underdog at home, I get it. It's not exactly a fun spot to fade. This team's falling apart. There's really no way around it. They can't guard anybody. And offensively, Markinen can only get you so far when you're giving up free baskets on the other end every possession. Mm-hmm. Cleveland should be motivated with Mitchell returning to Utah for the first time. So maybe his teammates also pick him up and realize the overall importance of the game with the context. But they're the much better team. Like I just think Cleveland can really dominate in the paint. They'll dominate on the glass, and Garland is still very tough to guard. Mitchell's almost impossible to guard. Give me Cleveland. I just think that this team is playing good basketball at the right time. Utah's falling apart. I'm going to go and take Cleveland minus two and a half. All right, and for your dog for the night, what do you got? So I have a couple options. I thought about OKC plus two. I could also go for a player prop. I might go for the Hail Mary player prop swing here. Give me Josh Hart double-double at plus 400. I like the odds at 400. Uh, The only concern is potential blowout, which could Mm -hmm. be an issue. But you're looking at Hart's recent games against Orlando. He's actually been really good. Now, he hasn't played against them since 2021. But in two of the last three games, he's had a double-double, including 14-plus rebounds in two of the last three games. So Hart has done a very good job on the glass against his Orlando team in the past. We know Portland tends to play a bit smaller besides Nurkic. Nurkic is minus 140 for a double-double, but Hart's a very good rebounder. Mm -hmm. I think plus 400 is actually a very solid value play there for a guy who is really a great rebounder for his size. You could argue that he's the best rebounder in the league for a guy his size. I think it's a good price at 4-1, to one. so I'll take Josh Hart. But if you want to play it safer for another dog, either OKC Moneyline or Stewart Double Double at plus 105. All right, I like it. All right, for my lock tonight, this number just doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns team total under 109. Um, we talked about all the injuries that are happening right now for the Phoenix Suns. They are they already without Devin Booker and Chris Paul. They are also without campaign, their backup point guard. Um, and the official questionable tags tonight are Tory Craig, DeAndre Aiden, and Landry Shamit. I know the Warriors haven't been very good defensively, but offensively, I think the Phoenix Suns have been a lot worse. They haven't scored more than 100 points, like we mentioned, in four straight games. Um, and they haven't scored, what, more than 110 points in I don't know how many of their last games. So it's just a question of who's going to score this basketball right now for the uh, Phoenix Suns. And even if DeAndre Aiden is in or even Landry Shamit is in tonight, I just don't think that they're going to be efficient from the floor um, are the Phoenix Suns. So I'm going to go with the team total under for the Phoenix Suns at 109. That's currently over on win bet for my dog. 
I think I'm just going to double dip in the same game and just get an alt spread here for the Golden State Warriors. I'll take them up to, let's just go 15 and a half at plus 160. If you want to ladder this up all the way up to 20 plus victory for the Golden State Warriors, that's at plus 275. The highest I see is 21 and a half at plus 350. But I just think this is a smash spot for the uh, Golden State Warriors. They did lose a game earlier this season in Phoenix uh, where they gave up 130 points. But that was a game where they had three separate players did the Phoenix Suns that scored 20 or more points between Bridges, Devin Booker, and Campaign. Now, two of those three guys are out tonight between Booker and Campaign, who accounted for 56 of the 130 points there tonight. So again, I think that they should lock in defensively a little more here tonight. Should the uh, Golden State Warriors, even if Steph Curry is in or is not in, I just think that the Warriors just just come out and smash this team. Um, Again, this is not very good for Phoenix right now. So officially as the dog, I'll give it out at 15 and a half. But if you guys want to ladder this all the way up to 21 and a half, I'm not mad about that. I think this should be a, it should be, a easy victory here tonight for the Golden State Warriors. So minus 15 and a half at plus 164, my dog for the Golden State Warriors here tonight, Scott. Yeah, I mean, of course, with the Suns being without a bunch of key pieces and with Golden State having a revenge angle, potentially, you know, Clay hates this team. I'm assuming most teams uh, don't exactly like the Suns. So you might see a little bit of extra, you know, rubbing salt in the wound there for Golden State. Did he get injected in the last game? No, he did. And then he pointed yeah. to the, uh, you know, because he, he was getting killed by Booker the entire game. He had like yeah. two points and then he got ejected. But I think you'll see Clay play better. Uh, the motivation should be there. So, yes, I like that play too. I mentioned the Looney prop just based on trend, if you want to take that as well for the under yeah. for rebounds. But mm-hmm. with the matchup now, it's a completely different animal. So I'm not sure if I can actually fully endorse it. But Golden State, if they want to, should win this game by 20. Yeah, should. I agree. So there you go. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel here for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Make sure to get into the MLK Day Games uh, bingo contest. Again, $100 gift card for every single winner over to the merch store for SGPN. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, bud? Not really. A lot of uh, interesting games on the card. Hopefully we'll make some money. Decided to swing for the fences with Josh Hart at plus 400. So hopefully he gets there. We'll see what happens. But I do think at the end of the day, uh, we're going to see how bad Phoenix actually is. Yeah, we so, definitely will. Uh, make sure to follow uh, Scott on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Follow me on Twitter at uh, SportsNerd824. Make sure, if you haven't already on Twitter, follow the NBA Gambling Podcast account at SGPNNBA. Uh, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow to handicap the Wednesday games in the association. Till then, good luck with your picks tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-